mind that the Lord of all the earth would care to know my name, would care to feel my hurt. Who am I? Welcome to Who Am I? with Pastor Greg Tyra of Harvest Chapel in Williamsport, Indiana. We're glad you could join us as we teach through the Bible, chapter by chapter, verse by verse. Today's lesson is one in which we know you'll be enlightened to the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Let's listen in to Pastor Greg as we launch today's lesson on Who Am I? Turn in your Bibles with me to John chapter 10. John chapter 10, beginning in verse 11 today, but... As always, by way of recap, just so that you will remember with me, we have begun a text about shepherds. Um, We've seen the third I am statement from Jesus, uh, where he said, I am the door of the sheepfold. And if you remember with me last week, we really learned that there's two different kind of sheepfolds. There's really two sheepfolds, Um, not just two different kinds in this text, but there's only two. You can only belong to one or the other. You can only belong to this world or belong to Jesus. There's only two sheepfolds or flocks to live in, uh, two roads. And we're going to talk about that Friday night if you'd like to come out and come to Bible study, but we have a blind man who was trapped in a Jewish traditional legalistic system, a blind man that was caught up in religion that was apostate uh, and have walked away from God and made up their own system, and Jesus comes onto the scene, it's in chapter, excuse me, chapter 9. And he opens this man's blind eyes physically from birth. And with his blind eyes physically from birth open, this man gives testimony of his eyes being once blind. And then he finds Jesus, or should we say Jesus finds him. Isn't that interesting? I was lost. Listen, Jesus come and found him and said, Do you believe in the Son of Man? And he said, Who is he, Lord, that I may believe in him? And he says, it is he who is speaking to you and who you see. And he bowed down and he worshiped him. And that's what Jesus has come to do as the good shepherd. He's come to lead first the nation of Israel out of a broken apostate system that man has made up and walked away from God. And then the Gentiles, verse 16, 10, 16. I have uh, another flock that will join or other sheep that will become part of this and he's speaking of course of the gentile nation but the gospel is first to the jew and then to the greek um, paul would say in 116 of romans and so when they kicked him out jesus came and found him and got him and led him to himself have you been led to jesus see there's a lot of false places we can be led who is your shepherd today you remember last week we looked at psalms 23 and psalms 23 really we we see 
an entire um, picture that David and Old Testament saints knew that the Lord was the shepherd. That the Lord was the leader of them, the one that went out in front of them. And we should know that by reading the Old Testament as we see God lead them out of Egypt. Leads them out of the world, away from Pharaoh, who's a type of Satan, and into the wilderness. And he provides perfectly for them in the wilderness. And he leads them to himself. But when they get to a place of decision, Kadesh Barnea, they reject him. They have no faith in him. They have not been trained by him to see that he is a perfect provider. And so, as we get into the history books, you know, Ezekiel 34, we're going to go there maybe, uh, Jeremiah 3, 15, we find that God is not happy with the shepherds that he had placed over Israel, the kings, the priests, the uh, um, um, Levitical priests, the uh, uh, the prophets, he wasn't happy with some of the things that they were doing. And um, he points to the time when he would come and lead them out of this system. And we now see it. And see, they should have known this. Had they, had they been in the word and taught by the teachers properly, when Jesus comes and begins to lead blind sheep out, and he begins to lead them to himself, they would have said, wow. This is Ezekiel 34, just like he promised he would do. Is this the new kingdom coming? But they didn't know the word of God. And it's the same thing today as a church, as a people, as chapter 16, or excuse me, verse 16 has been fulfilled. We'll get there. That he's added the Gentiles. And now we have the new ecclesia. Those that are called out ones. They were called out in the wilderness. Now we're called out. And, and we're supposed to be following the, the good shepherd. And I may be a little bit ahead of myself, but bear with me. After his death, burial, and resurrection, which we will talk about really soon because of Resurrection Sunday being in about three weeks, he sends back the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of promise. And that's how the good shepherd is leading us now. We have his written word, and as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the children of God. And the important question is, are we following our own selves? Another spirit? False teachers or hirelings? Or are we following, being led by the Spirit of God that the good shepherd has provided as a moral compass for our life that lives in us and leads us forward, onward and upward into eternity with Him and not separated from Him? That's the question that we all must answer before we give up this physical body. And it's the question that should be answered today because the day is the day for salvation. Because these, in that false system, they said, are we blind also? Well, not if you would come to Jesus, not if you would receive the provision that God has provided, the anointing of God, the Mashiach that would die for the sins of the world. But since you've rejected the Mashiach, the Messiah, the Christ, your sin remains and you're still blind. That's what Jesus would say to them. And then he told them about the city sheepfold. Remember, city sheepfold, one through ten. And, and I always liken it to and look at it as... Uh, in my brain, because my brain is weird, like if you see a house that's removed, the whole foundation, all that's left is the foundation, about four foot walls, and there's one doorway. 
and the rest of the house is gone, but there's an enclosure there that you can see. And at night, the, the, the shepherds would bring those in, and they would leave five, six flocks into one little place, and there would be a, a doorkeeper that would lay down and become the door. See, there was never a door there, and that's how Jesus can be the good shepherd and the door. Because the good shepherd actually becomes the door once you get in. And no one can get into you. If you come in and you are in Christ, you're secure. He'll never leave you nor forsake you. In fact, that's what is alluded to in Philippians 4, 6, and 7 when Paul tells the church in Philippi to be anxious, to worry for nothing, but in all things through prayer, prayer is first, supplication, with thanksgiving, being thankful to what God's already done, Make your request known to God. In other words, make yourself known. Make your heart known. Make your feelings and emotions, everything about you known to God. Lord, here it is. Well, he already knows. No, I'm going to articulate it to you, Lord, and meet with you because you're the one that can take care of it. And the Bible, the Bible promises you that he will guard your heart and minds through Christ Jesus. And that's him being the door. It's a, it's a sensory standing at your heart's door that nothing else can get in if you will put God first. Nothing else can get in to harm you if you'll put God first. And you'll worry about nothing. You'll trust him for everything. You'll be thankful for everything that he does. The good, bad, and the indifferent. You don't have to be thankful for, but you can be thankful in it because he's leading you to, as the good shepherd, a better place onward and upward into his kingdom. When we closed, we found out, well, well don't, don't, don't miss that. The next morning, the shepherd would come and speak, and his sheep would separate from the rest of the sheepfold, and they would come out and follow his voice. You're going to see that a lot. They will not follow a voice of a stranger. You're going to see that a lot in this chapter, that my sheep are going to conclude in uh, maybe next week's study, that my sheep hear my voice, I know them, and they follow me. That's a clear indicator. Listen to me. We'll get to it eventually. Clear indicator of who you belong to, whether you're purchased with the blood of Jesus or not. My sheep hear my voice, I know them, and they follow me. Whose voice are you listening to? Who are you following? Pure clean evidence that would put yourself on trial so you can test yourself to see if you're in the faith and then of course he became the door the third i am there's eight titles in the book of john but there's seven i ams we're going to open with one this morning uh, the other title is the son of man but the rest of them are the i ams he says uh in six 27 or excuse me 627 he's the son of man 635 he's the bread of life 812 he is the light of the world uh, in chapter 10 verse 7 he is the door of the sheep in 1011 he is the good shepherd in 1125 he says i am the resurrection and the life 146 he says i am the way the truth and the life john 15 Five, he says, I, or, yeah, I am the true vine of Israel. So seven statements, eight titles, seven number of completion, eight number of new beginnings, if you believe that he's the son of man. Who is he, Lord, that I may believe in him? And then when you see him, 
you bow down and you worship him and you stop following self. You stop following liars and people of this world and you begin to follow the good shepherd. Well, how do we do that, Greg? Because he's the light of the world also. And his word is a lamp to your feet and a light to your path. And he's leading you to himself. But you have to choose to search for him and seek him and find the pasture where he's at and get into his word and eat there, the living bread. I am the bread of life. This is what we sup with as we have a meal with him and we come to know him and we grow in the grace and the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. And of course, he's the door. He's the way out of false religion. He's the way out of Judaism for this man. He's been kicked out. He's the way out of the world. And he's the way into heaven with God to the Father's family. What an amazing thought that he is that door and he protects us. And then he gives us this in verse 10, 10, the thief. Now he's talking about what we're going to talk about today is the wolves. But it's really the devil. It's the spirit of Antichrist. It's anything other than the good shepherd and the truth. And they only come to steal, kill, and destroy. Listen, the good shepherd has come that we may have life because we're dead, born dead, and that we may have it more abundantly. So the thief is trying to steal, kill, and destroy you and keep you from truth, keep you from the good shepherd. It's the thief that comes and tells you every other ism. It's the thief that comes and tries to steal you away from the sheepfold you're supposed to be in, from following the Holy Spirit. It's, it's the thief that tells you, oh, you're okay. You said a prayer once, but he's a liar. And he's only here to steal your salvation, to steal your heart, to steal your riches and glory that are hidden in Christ Jesus, to steal your inheritance, to rob you from the peace that you can have that surpasses all understanding, and then ultimately to destroy you, to take you to hell with you, take you to hell with him. And we know that hell was only created for fallen angels. Salvation was created for flesh and blood. Hell was created for fallen angels. It's not created for flesh and blood. However, fallen angels are going to deceive when they rob, kill, and destroy many people because of their own self-deception, because it's been declared to all, and then we make a free will choice what we're going to do. But Jesus comes as the good shepherd to lead us out from self, lead us out of death into life. He's actually, before I get started too far, he's the good shepherd here in John 10, 11. But did you know that he's also called the chief shepherd? Let's, let's just look. 1 Peter 5. Look over at 1 Peter 5. I probably should have went the other way, shouldn't have I? You know what? Go to, go to Hebrews 13. He's the good shepherd. He's the chief shepherd. And he's the great shepherd. Go to Hebrews 13. I went to those in the wrong order. But he's got three different names. And the great shepherd should be first. He's a good shepherd leading us. He's a great shepherd. Rose from the dead. 
And then he's a chief shepherd that's coming back, is what Peter tells us. So I went in a little bit different order. Look at uh, 1320. It's a benediction. It's a closing of the book of Hebrews. I believe Pauline, Paul wrote it. Uh, But it says, now may the God of peace. Isn't that amazing? God wants peace. And he died so that you and I could have peace. Romans 5.1. Who brought up our Lord Jesus from the dead resurrection that great shepherd speaking of jesus of the sheep are you one of his how did he do it through the blood of the everlasting covenant it's an everlasting covenant um everlasting how long is that anybody got a calculator now 21 make you complete whole in every good work why to do his will And who's doing it? Working in you what is well-pleasing in his sight. And, of course, you can't be pleasing without faith. So he's working in you. He comes and lives in you, and he guides you in your conscience through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. But he's the great shepherd. And then if you move forward, the great shepherd, he's coming again. He's rose from the dead, but he's coming again. And Peter talks about this when he calls him the chief shepherd in 1 Peter 5, verse 1. He speaks, he says, The elders who are among you I exhort, I encourage. I, who am a fellow elder and a witness, an elder just means that he's older, longer in the faith, He's a witness, as we all are. Some have evangelism, but we're all called to be witnesses to Christ. Of the sufferings of Christ, he was a personal witness. He was there when Christ suffered on the cross to take our sin. And also a partaker of the glory that will be revealed. He'll be there in heaven uh, when we see his glory and receive our glory with him. And this is what he exhorts. Listen, it's important because there's those that are called to be under shepherds. There's those that are called to do the work of the ministry. The body of Christ is called to help others. Shepherd the flock of God. Notice it's God's flock. It's God's bride or betrothed. It's God's sheepfold. It's God's church. Everything belongs to God. We're just mere stewards of the manifold grace of God. Shepherd the flock of God which is among you. Serving, that's how you do it. See how the first word, see how the Bible is so easy? Shepherd the flock of God. Oh my goodness, how do I do that? Serving. Even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and give his life a ransom for many. I mean, we have the example before us of the good shepherd that would teach us how to be shepherds, how to lead others, how to disciple others, how to be out front if we're older than other people in the faith. So he says, serving as overseers, not by compulsion, not by constraint, or here it is, not by force. See, the world takes it by force. God never forces. He gives them a choice. He lays the cookies on the bottom shelf and he says, come and eat with me. Come and enjoy. 
You have a choice to make. Do you want to be led by the word of God, by the good shepherd into truth and be in heaven with me? Or do you want to choose death? So we don't force it. It's, it's not something that, oh man, I have to go teach the word of God again. I have to go talk to those sheep. It's not the way I don't like going out to my chicken house because I've went out the last four days and I've lost 11 chickens by some weasel that I've been fighting with and I'm trying to figure out how they're getting in and how to figure it out. The thief comes to rob, kill, and destroy and he's killed 11 of my chickens. And I figured it out last night, I think. So I've got a trap out there. I've got everything fixed up. And I'm like, how is this dude getting in? But he's digging around in the soft ground that doesn't have any seed in it, that doesn't have any protection in it. That's how the enemy gets into your heart. If you don't put the seed of the word of God in there, he'll get right past the word of God. But the good shepherd won't let him in. The word of God won't let him in. To destroy, to rob, kill, and destroy the fruit of your labors. Sorry, uh, serving his overseer. Don't do it by force. Do it willingly. God loves a cheerful giver. He wants us to give our lives willingly. Notice we're going to have that in a minute. Our chief shepherd willingly laid down his life. Our good shepherd willingly laid down his life. Our great shepherd willingly laid down his life. It's written in the volume of the book, Behold, I have come to do thy will, O God. Willingly. Because he knew on the other side there would be joy. Not for dishonest gain or filthy lucre is what it says in the uh, King James, I believe. But eagerly, eager to do the will of God. Nor as being lords over those entrusted to you, but being examples. Where it is typos. Typos. It means a mark or a model. Examples to the flock in how we live. And when the chief shepherd, there it is, the chief shepherd, the author and the finisher of our faith, the captain of the boat, the one that's out front, he's the beginning and the end. The chief shepherd. It means the head shepherd. It's the word RK. You guys look up the word RK before? It's where things commence from. It's in it's chief in order of from the beginning. He's always been. You guys still with me? 1 Peter 5, 4. When the chief shepherd appears, his second coming. He's coming again. You, that's us, the church, will receive a gift again, the crown of glory that does not fade away. That's pretty amazing. So we have the good shepherd, the great shepherd, and the chief shepherd, and it is Jesus the Christ. And so let's look back. Let's go back to John chapter 10. We'll begin in verse 11. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read it, uh, 11 through 21. And then I want to go look at Ezekiel 34. So let's read this and really see that where God told them that he was going to come and lead them out. John 10, 11, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. But a hireling, he who is not the shepherd, one who does not own the sheep, 
sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf catches the sheep and scatters them. The hireling flees because he is a hireling and does not care about the sheep. I am the good shepherd, and I know my sheep, and am known by my own. As the Father knows me, even so I know the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. And other sheep I have which are not of this fold, flock, them also I must bring, and they will hear my voice, and there will be one flock and one shepherd. <coughs> Excuse me. Therefore, my father loves me because I lay down my life that I may take it again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down and I have power to take it again. This command I received from my father. Therefore, there was a division again among the Jews because of these sayings. And many of them said, he has a demon and is mad. Why do you listen to him? Others said, these are not the words of one who has a demon. Can a demon open the eyes of the blind? Let's pray. Father, thank you for opening blind eyes. Open our eyes this morning and help us to see clearly the spiritual realm and what you're doing to lead us out of the world. Help us to stop resisting and to look, follow, and obey your word, your spirit. Help us to receive the conviction and help us to follow close behind you. Lord, as shepherds, help us not to be uh, hirelings. Help us not to be false shepherds. Help us not to walk in apostasy and not to be bad typos or bad examples, but to encourage people to follow us as they follow Jesus as we follow Jesus, as Paul would encourage. But Lord, we know there's liars out there, so we pray that you would protect us from those who have come to rob, steal, and destroy. Those that have come to fleece the flock and to get fat off the flock. Lord, pour out your spirit. Have your way with us. In Jesus' name, amen. Are you being led out by the good shepherd? Listen, are you being led out? Turn to Ezekiel 33. We'll start in 33. Are you being led out by the good shepherd? That's why Jesus came. He wants to lead us out. 3311, I want you to see. Now, this is, uh, I believe, during the time of Josiah. I believe the northern tribes are already gone. I could be wrong. I'm off the cuff here, people. Uh, but 3311, we find out that this is what God said. Say to them, he's telling Ezekiel. Ezekiel means um, God is strong. You know, Satan is mighty, but God is almighty. God is the strongest. But in 11, he says this. Ezekiel tell them, as I live, God is alive, says the Lord God, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but that the wicked turn from his way and live. And then he says, turn, turn from your evil ways, for why should you die? O house of Israel, those that are governed by God. And then they say he's unfair and I'm going to keep moving. And then we see the cause of Judah's ruin in 23 through 
29 and then verse 30 i want you to see this because really there is bad shepherds listen to me this is very important to understand I, it took me years to figure or see this in the church there's bad shepherds and there's good shepherds that are under shepherds for god there's bad shepherds that don't know the word of god and there's good shepherds that do know the word of god but listen there's different kind of sheep too because the wheat and the tear are together and many times someone is teaching the word of God, but the sheep are not listening. They don't want to hear. They don't want to graze in good pasture land. So watch what God says about the nation of Israel. It's in Ezekiel 33, 30. And I'm trying to do this quickly. If you want to go back and read 33 and 34 on your own and kind of get a little bit more understanding, I'm just going to move through it quickly. I want you to see God calling out bad teachers but also, I would say, bad sheep. But then he's announcing that he's going to come and lead us out. And he's doing this in John chapter 9, John chapter 10, as he comes to the cross, and, he, and he's going to lay down his life and lead them out. As for you, son of man, 3330 of Ezekiel, God is strong. The children of your people are talking about you beside the walls and in the doors of their houses, and they speak to one another, everyone saying to his brother, please come and hear what the word is that comes from the Lord. Now listen, stop. Stop. Shouldn't we be doing that? We should be telling everyone beside the walls and at the doors and our brothers, come and hear the word of God. That's what a witness does. What did the prophet say? Come and hear what the prophet said. Not the false prophet, the good prophet. But then 31. So they come to you as people do. They set before you as many people. And they hear your words. But they do not do them. For with their mouth they show much love. But their hearts pursue their own gain. Indeed you are to them as a very lovely song of one who has a pleasant voice and can play well on an instrument. For they hear your words, but they do not do them. And when this comes to pass, surely it will come. Then they will know that a prophet has been among them. Listen, when somebody is speaking the true word of God and speaking as a prophet, it's prophetically, it's foretelling the truth that God has already revealed. And then you see it come to pass. Then you know that they are a true teacher of the word of God. This is how the Word of God is used so that you can discern what they're doing. But make no mistake, it's a personal love relationship. And as a Berean, you should be in the Word of God. How else can you judge the teacher of the Word of God, whether he is teaching truth or teaching a lie, unless you draw near with a pure heart, unless you draw near to God so he can draw near to you, unless you learn the Word of God, you can just say, oh, they're teaching good. That's actually there. It's tickling my ear. It sounds great. I want to do that. Let's all go do that. And you line right up with false teachers, which is what the next chapter is about. God pronounces a woe to them. Listen, and TV's full of them. Uh, you would not believe how many people I talk to, and they go, oh, yeah, since COVID, I just watch on TV. Well, that's exactly what they wanted to do, to get you to hide in your house and to, and to be uh, separated so that Satan can come and decimate you by robbing and killing and destroying you, and you live underneath your own dictates. 
instead of in the multitude of counselors waging your war, we need to reason together, not just with God, but reason together to counsel one another. But we get our counseling from God and His Word. And the Word of the Lord came to me, that's to Ezekiel, God is strong. That's where you want to be strengthened from, God and His Word, saying, Son of man, prophesy against the shepherds of Israel. Prophesy and say to them, Thus says the Lord God to the shepherds. This is what God said to His own shepherds. Remember, we were in a Josiah, and I'm like, Listen, this is God's people, the ones that say they're following Him. And God takes the northern tribes and then the southern tribes away captive because they would not listen to him. And he had no pleasure in it. He sent prophet after prophet to tell them. He sent the word of God. He sent conviction after conviction from the Holy Spirit. Don't do this. Turn here. Stop. Why should you die and not live? He loves us. Woe to the shepherds of Israel who feed themselves. Should not the shepherds feed the flocks? You eat the fat and clothe yourself with the wool. You slaughter the fatlings, but you do not feed the flock. The weak you have not strengthened, nor, do you, nor have you healed those who were sick, nor bound up the broken, nor brought back what was driven away, nor sought what was lost, but with force... Remember, there's no force in God. There's a choice. And cruelty, there's no violence in God. There's no cruelty in God. There's only love. And it looks like joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There's only light. There's no darkness. There's only truth. There's no lie. There's only a good path and straight path. There's no crookedness in God. No force, no cruelty. You have ruled them with force and cruelty. Ruled them, not loved them. So they were scattered because there was no shepherd. And they became food for all the beasts of the field when they were scattered. My sheep wandered through all the mountains and on every high hill. Yes, my flock was scattered over the whole face of the earth and no one was seeking or searching for them. So he's speaking of the nation of Israel when he speaks this. And I don't know if you know, but if you're reading with us in the schedule, we just read um, yesterday. I was going to use the text in Matthew, but we just read yesterday in Mark 14. You can hold your finger. You can read with me. Mark 14. Is that correct? 1427, then Jesus said to them, all of you will be made to stumble because of me this night, for it is written. It's in Zechariah 13, 7. I will strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. But after I have been raised, I will go before you, just like a good shepherd, before you to lead you to Galilee. We're going to go there in a minute where they met, where he met them at when they got to Galilee. We'll go there. Listen, this is the way the nation ended up. Then Jesus comes to die. They strike the shepherd and they're scattered once again. But then he comes back from the dead. Then he raises, he sends his Holy Spirit and he says, be of this mind. All of you be of the same mind. Well, what mind? The mind that was in Christ Jesus that considered it not force to be equal with God. 
considered it not robbery to be equal with God and to be able to tell other people about God. No, we're not little gods. We're God's sheep of his pasture and his flock. And he's privileged us to, to, to go out and witness with a message to the scattered sheep, to those that are lost. And when his real sheep hear his voice, they will turn in and they will begin to eat the bread of life and they will begin to fellowship and be in the same fold because my sheep hear my voice, I know them and they follow me. They don't continue to run and to chase. Now they might stumble, just like he said, they strike the shepherd. If you strike the word of God from your life, you'll stumble. If you don't obey the word of God, you'll stumble. You might be scattered, but you can return. You can turn back. 34.7 of Ezekiel. Therefore, you shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. As I live, says the Lord. Notice how he keeps saying he's alive. As I live, says the Lord, surely because my flock became a prey, my flock became food for every beast of the field, because there was no shepherd, nor did the shepherds search for my flock, but the shepherds fed themselves and did not feed my flock. Therefore, O shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. Hear the word of the Lord. Hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God, Behold, I am against the shepherds, and I will require my flock at their hand. I will cause them to cease feeding the sheep, and the shepherds shall feed themselves no more, for I will deliver my flock from their mouths, that they may no longer be food for them. Listen, God is delivering this blind man from the mouth of false teachers as we speak on the pages as the good shepherd. Listen, Amos 8, 11. Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, that I will send a famine on the land. Not a famine for bread, nor of the thirst of water, but a famine for hearing of the word of God. We are living in those days, people, that people do not want to hear the word of God. What is leading your life today? Verse 11 of 34, Ezekiel. For thus says the Lord God, Indeed, I myself will search for my sheep and seek them out. Remember, he searched for him in John chapter 5. After he healed the man sitting by the water, and he came and found him in the temple. Remember, he searched for this one after they kicked him out of the temple, out of the synagogue. He came in chapter 9 and he found him. As the shepherd seeks out his flock on the day he is among his scattered sheep, so will I seek out my sheep and deliver them from all the places where they were scattered on a cloudy and dark day. It's a cloudy, dark day, people. And I will bring them out from the peoples and gather them from the countries and will bring them to their own land. I will feed them on the mountains of Israel and in the valleys and in all the inhabited places of the country. I will feed them in good pasture. And their fold shall be on a high mountains of Israel. They shall lie down in a good fold and feed in rich pasture on the mountain of Israel. I will feed my flock. I will make them lie down. Remember the Psalms 23 says the Lord God. I will seek 
what was lost and bring back what was driven away. Bind up the broken and strengthen what was sick. But I will destroy the fat and the strong and feed them in judgment. Now, listen, this is speaking of the day of Christ and of after the resurrection. But it's also speaking of the millennial kingdom when he finishes his work with the nation of Israel. But even right now, as, as the word of God goes out, there is what is called Messianic Jews, which they believe in the Messiah, and they've come into the one fold that verse 16 says, one flock that verse 16 says, which is the ecclesia, the called out one is the church. So it's happening, going to happen, and will happen. 17. And as for you, O my flock, thus says the Lord God, behold, I shall judge between sheep and sheep, between rams and goats. There's going to be a judgment day. Is it too little for you to have eaten up the good pasture? See, he's judging between the sheep and how they love one another, how they treat one another, not just the shepherds, but there's a calling upon our lives to serve one another, lay our lives down for one another, be a sacrifice for one another, help one another, carry one another's burdens and be the body of Christ. Is it too little for you to have eaten up the good pasture that you must tread down with your feet the residue of your pasture and to have drunk of clear waters that you must foul the residue with your feet? And as for my flock, they eat what you have trampled with your feet and they drink what you have fouled with your feet. Now listen, that's really talking about the walk of shepherds, the walk of Christians. That's talking about them. They get a drink from good water and then they've walked in the mud and they've muddied it up. They get to eat from good pastures and then they've destroyed it and then other come along and they're getting this stuff that is regurgitated this is speaking of shepherds that they're only in it for themselves they're only lifting up themselves all they're doing is writing books and doing conferences all they're doing is promoting what they've already walked in for you we need to be very careful people we're called to follow the good shepherd but there's a lot of promotion of other people being lifted up instead of jesus being lifted up so that he can draw all men to himself and we need to point people to Jesus at the end of the day. None of us are going to be perfect until we see him face to face, but that's our goal. And we should be pointing people to Jesus, not drawing them to ourselves, not drawing them to our conferences, not drawing them to our books and our number one bestseller. And I get in trouble for this stuff, but listen to me. Most of the number one bestsellers you see out there are trash. And they use, again, I tell you, not to be tedious, but they use what's called pyre marketing, the same way the world does it. They, they buy the first so many thousand books themselves, so then it meets the number one bestseller and can get that on the label of the cover. How do they come out on the stores already a number one bestseller when they ain't even sold a book yet? How did they get that cover on it? Don't you sell a bunch first and then put that cover number one bestseller after it sells? No, they come straight to the shelf as a number one bestseller because they break the rules and cheat the rules and make you think that a bunch of people have read it and like it when it's nothing but trash. There's a new guy out there, uh, David E. Taylor. Make sure you don't listen to that guy. If you know the word of God, if you know that the Bible is, exists, you wouldn't listen to him. But you know what? God has brought the famine. When you listen to a lie long enough, God will let you love a lie and follow a lie and be in strong delusion because you reap what you sow. 
Today is the day to begin to listen to truth if you want to reap truth in your life and have a fruit of harvest, some 30, some 60, some 100-fold. I seen that guy yesterday, David Taylor. I mean, he is, he is from the pit of hell. Worse than any of the other teachers because he's claiming to be the prophet and the pope and the one that you listen to. And he even says, if I tell you something, you don't have to look at your Bible. You don't have to pray. You just do what I say. Because I am the prophet. And I'm like, you is a fool. Because you've said no to God and God's ways. And see, at the end of the day, this is what we find out in our lives. You can either know God, K-N-O-W, through the good shepherd, or you can say no to God, N-O, because the fool has said no to God. And there's only two places to be. Either you're growing and coming to know the God of the universe through his word, through his spirit, through following the good shepherd and being led by the spirit, or you're saying no to God. You're doing one or the other. You can't be doing both. There is no middle ground. There's just two paths to walk on, the king's highway or the devil's highway. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. If you sow to the wind, you will reap the whirlwind. It's that simple. We hope you enjoyed part one of a two-part message. Please join us here next week for part two. And that concludes today's message on Who Am I? with Pastor Greg Tyra of Harvest Chapel in Williamsport, Indiana. If you're in the area, we would love to have you as our guest. Harvest Chapel is located at 418 Old State Road 28, Williamsport, Indiana 47993. We meet for worship on Sundays at 10 a.m. Our prayer meetings meet Wednesdays at 6.30 p.m. Our Bible study meets on Friday at 7 p.m. Today's and previous messages are available on CD. If you would like a copy, please call 765-404-7203. We look forward to seeing you again next time on Who Am I? Whom shall I fear? Whom shall I fear? Because I